Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. I believe we've been given the thumbs up to start. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm Danny V, and we are podcasting live from Sydney Writers Festival from Russ the Story Bus, which has been transformed into Russ the Podcast Bus. So we are super excited to be here. And today I'm with Matt Otley and Tina Wilson. Welcome. Thank you, Danny. Uh, Matt Ollie, of course, is internationally acclaimed, award-winning artist, author, composer, with more than 30 picture books to your name. Is that still right? Yeah, it's about, actually about 40. 40? It's, well, like 40 now. it's always more than I've researched. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your groundbreaking multimodal work, uh, Requiem for a Beast, won the Children's Book Council of Australia's Picture Book of the Year Award. Your latest book for a young adult audience is Tree of ecstasy and unbearable sadness i'd love to talk about that but you've been talking about how to make a bird as illustrator and um the sound of picture books so we'll get to all of that today but how have you found the festival so far oh it's been fantastic there's great buzz in the air isn't it and it's amazing to see how well um Populated it is. It is. Huge audience. Beautiful. Absolutely. And welcome Tina Wilson, artist and author, moving between painting, drawing, writing and illustrating books. You founded the Leicester Prize and in 2013 you awarded the Premier's Active Citizenship Award for your contribution to the arts. Such impressive people in this bus right now. Quite overwhelmed. And in 2023 uh, you were awarded Medal of the Order of Australia, your service to the arts. So amazing. In your latest book, it's so cute, uh, Monkey's Great Adventures. How have you found today so far? Oh, wonderful. What I've loved in particular is how everything is oriented around family. You know, it's not just events for little kids, it's events for adults. Yeah, absolutely. And the buzz out there, and I always think this with kid-lit events, particularly, particularly you know, creators of kid-lit, Everyone's so positive and optimistic and wanting to inspire children or get them to just love literature and it's just such a great vibe out there. Like it's the, the feeling out there is great, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, it that's is. That's the main thing, people are having fun. Yeah, absolutely. And fun with books, so that's even better. Now, I want to ask you, Sound of Picture Books, this is something that is just so incredible and different. So, Matt, I know you've been working together and I'll hear from you both. But Matt, tell us about sound of picture books where it came from why you're doing it what's its power everything there is to know <laughs> yeah sure it, it started in 2014 i was resident at the literature center in Fremantle in west australia and the west australian symphony orchestra approached the literature center asking if they uh, could recommend books that they could then um, uh, have composers set to music. So um, the, one of the staff from the Literature Centre said, well, we have someone in residence who is also a musician. How about you talk to him? So we started talking with the, the 
First Australian Orchestra, and it really grew out of that. What it is, it's a one-hour show in which I've set one of the books that I've worked on to music. So it's usually for a smallish ensemble of musicians. It could be a string quintet, so that's five string players uh, with piano, or uh, it could be an octet, that's what we're doing this year, so there's also a French horn and a um, clarinet player, right up to a full symphony orchestra. So the work that I wrote for the Tree of Ecstasy and Unbearable Sadness is actually for a 97-piece orchestra and wow. a 40-voice choir. My goodness! And uh, I made a movie of that because we're not probably going to get a lot of live performances of that. But generally what happens in the Sound of Picture books is the musicians are all on stage, they play the music and they are all synced with a click track so they all have the earbuds in mm -hmm. and there's a click going so that they, for the timing of the music, so that they can sync perfectly with the images that are on the screen behind them. So it's kind of like seeing a movie but without a recorded soundtrack, it's played live mm -hmm. and the story is narrated by the, the author, of, if we haven't have the author, or Tina, if we don't have the author. So this morning we did How to Make a Bird with Tina narrating. Um, and then we have the most wonderful, playful time where I draw on stage on a whiteboard and turn those drawings into music, which the musicians then sight read. And so it's, it's all about the creative process, so um, the audience gets to see both drawing happening, but also how music is written mm, as well. Wow, I love I love the entirely immersive experience. I think picture books are magical. I don't think they're just books. I never have. I think they're memories. I think they're time capsules because you know you remember when you read them to you know your kids when they're sleeping or they're little or whatever. So I actually think they're really special. So to add that extra layer of words images and then music and then narration it's just an incredible experience i love that so much and that because he doesn't like to big note himself he actually shows how he creates the music from the images so he'll have children come up he'll draw their portrait and oh. then he'll take lines from their portrait and turn it into a melody which the musicians then play wow so it's like an added That's interactive and element. kids must love that absolutely look at our little song yeah. Yeah, and today's was what sinister cat. Oh, yeah. One, yeah. one of the little guys in the audience came up and I drew his portrait, and he wanted to be a cat, so I turned his face into sort of cat-like, and then created the music. And you know, he was going to be a sinister cat who was going to take over the world. Oh, I love that's a picture book in itself. I think. Is that right? Now, Tina, tell me about your experience. It is a narration today. Just tell me about your experience in the sound of picture books, which I just love. Oh boy, that's a big question. <laughs> it is a big question. I think um, to have voice slowed down where you can get time to absorb all of the words, instead of turning the pages, you know, with a child you might be doing it quite quickly, there's something about that slowing down process and that's what we find, isn't it, that people really relate to that because when do you get a chance to just stop Never. and really absorb what you're doing in music? Because it goes straight to your heart, you know, bypasses your mind, it enables you to feel something a lot more strongly. Yeah, so what happens is you, you, the image from the particular spread in the book is on the screen, the camera sort of hands around it, moves in and out of it. So a single image may, may have a couple of minutes of music to it, but it's all about inviting 
idea is to slow down and be drawn into really looking deeply into mm -hmm. the image and music does that for you. And I think we need that because I think in current society we're also fast paced or driven so much by time which I just loathe but there's no choice in some instances yeah. and so that's really giving the opportunity to stop, you know, really look at all the images which is what I love about kids as well when they can't read how they read picture books, they just read yeah. them full of visual images which I love yeah. as well. There's so much magic to that. I think. Oh, completely. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they need to slow down a bit? Oh, oh yes. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And it's funny that you say about music because it is something that just it, it evokes memories, it evokes feelings, and on top of the illustrations and um, you know words, I think that's really powerful. So, when you were doing how to make a word, you were composing for that. What? Tell me the process. Well, the process is. When, when I write music, so I will use the, the images as, as a, um, an, uh, an impetus to, to creativity. So I'll take images, I'll take, take lines that are in the image. So for example, in How to Make a Bird, there's an image of an eagle skeleton. I took the line of the spinal column and just put that on a music stove, put notes to it. And turn that into a piece of music. Wow! Um, Does that ever not work out when you do that? Really? Oh yeah, <laughs> you really, do yeah. a few tweaks here and there. Oh yeah, I do need to it's do an a incredible few tweaks, process, but, but yeah, sometimes it doesn't work out. But also, um, I'll also just begin with the mood. So, so how to make a bird is is a really contemplative work. It's about meditating on creativity. Yeah. So I wanted there to be lots of air lots of space in the music so it's kind of got a very zen-like feel to it you know when when the words say you know talking about these hundreds of tiny bones that are within a bird because these are will float on air then you just hear this really spacious sort of airy high piano high up in the piano's register and high string sounds that come in so it's all about creating this sense of rest, sense of being able to sort of sit back into the music and the images and just float with it. Mm -hmm. Floating is a good word, that's what I really wanted to create in that particular work is a sense of floating. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I know that reading is kind of like a meditative state after you do it for eight minutes has some of the similar effects of meditation. So having that laid on top of that is that real space and relax and slow down. Yes. Yeah. Kids might need to learn, or adults too. <laughs> yeah, well so you know, to read How to Make a Bird, you could probably read it in a couple of minutes. Yeah. But the music goes for almost 12 minutes. Wow. So, it, so there's lots of space. In yeah. Because yeah. I think, yeah, average visual five minutes, maybe you can read it. So I love that idea of, yeah. you know, doubling that and doubling that experience because you are generally reading picture books to kids, to your kids, to a class. And so extending that experience out, I think, is really special. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for, for the... The young adult work, the Tree of Ecstasy and Unbearable Sadness, that's a 50-minute wow. symphony. So that's encouraging Beautiful. people to really sit for a period yeah. of time with the work. Mm, I love that. And you were doing the narration. So, yes. I mean, that's an art form in itself. Tell us about that and how, how you... Yeah, well, I was that. really fortunate to work with Matt mm. on that because the way he uses voice is mm. as another instrument. Yep. So, yeah, there's a lot of careful crafting, particularly... Meg McKinley was the author of the book and her words are beautiful and so lyrical in themselves. So 
she's actually done a reading as well. And what we did is we worked together with Meg to work out the phrasing mm -hmm. so that it would go with the music, so that it would go with the images on the page. So there is a, a huge amount in the narration itself mm. as another instrument. Mm. I love yeah, that. so for example, there's a, there's a line in the book that says, take your time, breathe deeply, and you hear the music breathe. You hear a sort of an in-breath with the strings, then there's a moment of silence, and then an out-breath. So, yeah, it's all choreographed, for yeah. a better word, to work together. Yeah. And how have kids been reacting to this? Superbly. Yeah. The yeah. amount of kids who come up at the end, and if they're not musical, mm -hmm. they now want to play an instrument. Wow, I love so that. So today, because we had the violin and the cello, they were like, I'm oh, giving up piano, I want to play cello. My parents now. are like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it's the power of art, you know, yeah. and I yeah. love that. And I think, you know, both of you, between you, are so talented in all different ways in the arts. I want to ask you, how do all those different talents of illustration, of, of voice work, of music, how do they all intersect and feed each other? Well, we've started our own boutique publishing house, and its, it's specific aim is to produce multimodal works. Right, yeah. So we're only interested in works where there is this intersection of yeah. different creative modalities. Whether it's photography and the written word or for, you know painting and music um, or three people often. Um, so so that's really the directions that we are working in as a as a team, if you know, is really exploring multimodal uh, works, but, but I've coined a term for intermodal because it's not just bringing music and images or music and words together. One of those creative processes needs to be entirely inspired and driven by one of the others from the ground up. So, um, so often, you know, I'll use the images to start creating melodies and harmonies or the words themselves will define what happens in the music. It's not, it's not just finding not the just right piece of music on. and bringing them, yeah, together, you know, bringing them together. There it's actually, a real yeah, yeah. collaboration. And yeah. because you're thinking about that, the whole creative process, your mind is thinking in images, mm. but at the same time it's thinking in moving images, yeah. which helps you create, create the words as well, because then you're picturing all of that together. Yeah. So it just makes it far more interesting Mm. It's interesting, and it, is, it probably is, you know, the future in terms of that intermodal for kids because, you know, they're, they're very perceptive when it comes to, you know, technology and all those things, and I think that's um, the future which is, which I love. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, it's very different from when I was reading books as a kid, you know, that used to ding the pages. And yes, turn. <laughs> yeah. we're, avo we're avoiding that, aren't we? are avoiding that, yeah. Because no, no, you don't want that stopping process, but I used to love those. Yeah. But one of the things we're also trying to do is to slow the whole process down. Mm. So it's not just, you know, we live in this digital age where where people are just bombarded with so yeah. much and everything just moves so Sensory quickly. overload. Yeah. yeah. So um, with the movies that I make for the books, there's very there's a minimal amount of animation. It's really just an exploration of the still image. Yeah. And you let the music, as you're watching, 
create mm-hmm. the movement. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing what your mind yeah. will do and how much it fills in the spaces between. Yeah. Especially when you give it time to do that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Now let's talk about a float in Venice, uh, Monkeys yeah. Adventures. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and you collaborated on that as well. Yeah, so that. that one started off at multimodal or intermodal once again. So my mum's a crazy knitter. She just <laughs> cannot stop. I saw on your website, Nana. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, she, she makes things like spaceships and oh, wow. giant turtles. So anyway, she's created all these characters for my little monkey. So Matt gave monkey to me for my birthday one year, oh. and I started travelling everywhere with, with him. And as anyone will find when you're at an airport, you see the children, they've all got their favourite toy, and yep. it's a disaster if you lose them. And people talk to you. They'll come up to you and, I don't know, for some reason they'll communicate if you have a little toy. So... <laughs> Yeah, I set this, um, we went to Venice back in 2016 and we took Monkey with us and all the characters, so our suitcase was filled. <laughs> no clients, but all no, we, beautiful yeah, characters. Exactly, it's a bit insane. But anyway, we went for, remember, we went for a gondola ride and the gondolier was trying to, you know, point out sights and everything and we were too absorbed in taking photos of <laughs> Monkey and Clarabella the cat. So, yeah, it's about a little toys adventures overseas but once again it's about encouraging children to take their own toy mm-hmm. use their own photography skills that they have everyone has a phone their parents yep. have phones and to slow down look at what's around you and craft your own mm-hmm. story oh i thought it was amazing it was really amusing because we're in venice we're sitting on these bridges all of these People are walking past tourists and local Venetians, and you've got all these little toys <laughs> like, spread out around us. The Australians are weird. <laughs> yes. But the cats, the cats, absolute real cats, absolutely loved Clarabella the cat. Oh, so they kept so coming funny. up into the photos. And checking out this yeah. little cat. It's almost like they could recognise oh, themselves. Recognise themselves. Yeah. 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 But um, I'd always, for a long time, I wanted to write piece of music that has a has a wag feel, mm-hmm. you know, sort of bops along. Yeah. And I thought this is going to be the perfect opportunity for that. So the monkey theme is very jaunty. And Tina's made a nice gorgeous. Yeah, a little a stop frame animation oh, that yeah. kids love to dance and copy Ooh. to. So yeah. That's fun. It's just really fun, but you've added all those other layers of that you know, the complexity to it, but at the end of the day, it can still just be really fun for yeah. kids, yeah. right? Which I love yeah. that. So you yeah. can, I love things that you can uh, take away different levels. Yeah, yeah. complexity and yeah. craft, simplicity and delivery. Exactly. I yeah. love that so much. So a question I ask everyone on the podcast is why do you create? So start with you, Matt. Why do you create? I usually ask right, but you do so <laughs> many other things. <laughs> why do you create? Um, I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> It's a really hard question to answer. It is. It's, I guess, it's it's always been something that I, I just haven't can't imagine life without doing. So you know, I've always painted. I've always fiddled with words, and I've always always heard music in my head. So, um, and. I'm not good at anything else. Really, <laughs> but we just put all your energy into it. It's not really arts. true. <laughs> do you find it soothing and healing and nurturing all those things that yeah. art can do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good for our soul. Yeah. <laughs> need more of those things, I think. Tina, what about you? Yeah, I think it's, it's the challenge and it's mm. just the immense joy. You know, there's nothing better than seeing something come to fruition. And it's 
not even about the end product. Yeah. It's just about that process in between what you discover along the way. That That's the part I'm addicted to. Mm. The end bit's great and it's yeah. lovely that. You're creating all of that from nothing really. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an incredible process. No matter what you're creating, you start with nothing, a blank page or a you know, blank audio tape, whatever it is, and then you create this, this amazing thing. And what I love is that then the reader or the viewer or the listener takes it away and then it's theirs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It has its own life outside mm. of you after that. It's the ultimate non sort of specifically cultural form of communication that brings all of humanity together. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need so, more of that. So I think we need more space, we need to slow things down, more arts. Yeah, more fun. More fun. Oh, yeah. sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been really enlightening speaking to you. Thanks, Thank Sammy. you. Definitely delve into uh, the sound of picture books because I love picture books. So that's just a great addition. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, can I just say we are doing, we've been doing the sound of picture books the last decade in in Perth with the Rest of Australian Symphony Orchestra. We're doing it for the first time in the East here in August wow. at Sydney Grammar School okay. and hopefully it's going to be a fixture each year on the East Coast as well. Mm. We've also done it in South Korea and in Hong Kong. Fantastic. Can anyone go to that? Probably so not, not, yet. not yet. this year but okay. we're maybe. Future? Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I'll just, keep my eyes open for sure. Just look my agent over there. <laughs> so, we're getting the thumbs up. Yeah. But today was your first ever one at the Sydney First of all, it's in the a shorter version, but it's what a place to launch yeah, it. The focus on family and kids today, the vibe is amazing, and I just I love family day, so it's such an honor to be part of the family day. Thank, Thank you. you! Thank you for having us. Thank you.